welcome to the Driving Your Marketing Podcast, where small business entrepreneurs come discover the strategies, systems, and tools to kick their marketing into high gear. If you want to go from surviving small business owner to thriving entrepreneur, you're in the right place. Let's get ready to roll. All right, welcome everybody. This is Eli Delaney, co-founder of Your Marketing University and the host of the Deriving Your Marketing podcast. This show is all about bringing in cool people to share stories, share information, share actionable things that you can get out and do yourself when it comes to marketing. Because let's face it, as small business entrepreneurs, Marketing tends to be that one thing we don't really like to do a whole lot. Now, I'm a little bit different because my background is that I fell in love with marketing because my last company was a web and graphic design company that I basically started. I knew how to build pretty websites, but I didn't have anybody actually paying me to do so. And I figured out I needed to learn marketing. That's how I grew my business, and I fell in love with it. And I realized marketing doesn't have to be complicated, scary, you know, expensive, any of that kind of stuff. Of course, you know, I've even had been speaking for people asked if what kind of words come to mind when you think of marketing, and I've even heard black magic and voodoo before. So that's why I started this show, and I love to bring in amazing guests that I meet from throughout the world, and today's guest is going to share with you some really, really cool, fun stuff. So today's guest is... Pamela Gockley. She maintains a wide range of business commitments in the from the Vigilant and Gockley Associates family of businesses. And her active role as the leader of many business uh, women's organizations. She continues to be active and assert a leadership role in all kinds of community services. Now, Pamela, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, it's so it's so great to be with you, and I'm, I'm, I can't wait to share my black magic with you. No, I'm just <laughs> that's curious. what we. That's what we love to hear. All right. Now, you had you and I were talking for just a minute uh, before before we actually started the the actual recording of this show, and you said something really cool. I'm going to tell have you share your entire story, but you said something that just happened that I want you to share with everybody. What was that award that you just got? Yes, the uh, in Pennsylvania, the Lehigh Valley Business Journal does a uh, 25 women of influence in the uh, Lehigh Valley, and I was uh, just selected to receive one of those awards. I'm very, very excited. That is awesome. Congratulations. And I was I like to put that stuff out there because I think we should all give credit where credit is due. So I wanted to make sure that you were able to put that out. Now, for people who don't know who you are, how you got started in this crazy world of what you're doing, give us a little bit more of your background. How did you get started doing what you're, what you're doing today? Well, I decided that I didn't have enough education, so I went back to college as a, quote, non-traditional, which means I was old when I went back to college and uh, got a bachelor's degree and, and graduated from college and didn't really know what I wanted to do. And it was 1996, and the Internet was just a baby then, and mm-hmm. I couldn't find myself a job. So the, one of our first companies was a employment website to help job seekers get jobs, hence the marketing, and to help uh, the companies connect with those job seekers. So... I, I asked my partner, would you create a website for me? He was a real real techno geek, and I'm a little techno geek. He's a big one. And uh, we started our first uh, revenue-generating website, and in about very quickly it became very evident we would have to choose either we're going to go for this full-time 
or we're going to give it up and go back to the regular nine-to-five job world. And I just was not quite willing to give that up, so we just went for it. And almost 20 years later, we're still around. So you must have been doing something good. Right. Awesome. That is so cool. And, and I like to call that, when you're in that situation, I like to call that unemployable. That's what I am anyway. I know that you know at, at one point when I did actually go through and had had several jobs and bounced from job to job to job, but I had this one issue that I had a problem with authority, and I didn't like it when mm-hmm. people ran their businesses awful, and it drove me nuts. And I, mm-hmm. I tend to be a little snarky sometimes, and it tend to get me in trouble. And so my at one point, my last job, my, my boss and I actually came to the mutual agreement that I was unemployable and I should not be there anymore. And, um, yeah, and that, is, that started the, the journey. And that's not a bad thing. Uh, you know, as long as you have the courage and the wherewithal to uh, make your own way in this uh, very strange economy right now, um, I am, I'm, we must have been separated at birth. That's all I can say. Like, <laughs> Well, and it sounds like our our stories are very similar. I think 96 was when I started my web and graphic design company. And, you know, we started that because I, I was working for somebody else. And, it, you know, I, I went from the, the last job that I that they pretty much agreed that I what, shouldn't be working for somebody else, especially not them. They were really happy to see me go. Uh, but then I, I did work for a small little computer shop for a bit, and I had fun with them. But, you know, that was when I realized that I really wanted to take the reins and create my own life and create create my own value and that was where where that kind of started and I really had a lot of fun with it and you know going back in that area I mean I started back in 96 realizing that the internet was still brand new we didn't have all the cool tools that we have today and to have to build a website it was easily five grand it was not yeah. in the budget for small businesses and you have you had to know code you had mm-hmm. to know how to write code the HTML code and that's when we started as well yeah awesome yeah, very cool. So you you have a book out. It's the Reputation Factor, uh, Repositioning to Success. Now, let's talk about that a little bit because I think that that's going to be the topic of our, our conversation more than anything else today because let's face it, in today's world, reputation is more important than it, than it ever has been, really. Well, and I think I think what happened, even when we first started the company, we never set out to be a website designing hosting company. We never set out to be a marketing message developing company. Uh, we became that because our clients needed it, and because we were, you know, advanced in technology more than most folks just by simply being on the internet. Our clients really, really. Um, took us where we are today. I would love to say this is my master plan, but you know, my master plan was to write a book, but it, it just wasn't. And mm-hmm. reputation today, it's just, in my opinion, so important. I went through the incredibly difficult path of writing a book about it. And the book's all, you know almost 200 pages, so I greatly um, expanded the definition of reputation. And the, the the really cool part, I think, is that it doesn't matter if you work for yourself or if you're unemployed or you're working for somebody else or you're just a student, this book can help you because it is a step-by-step book on how to take control of pretty much the one thing you can control in your life is your reputation, and people don't take control of it. And I believe this is the fastest, most cost-effective way of becoming successful as long as you have to have a good handle and be engaged in what your reputation is. 
Right. I love that. And it, the cool thing about that is that it, you, you, put, you hit the nail on the head exactly with the fact that it doesn't matter what type of business you have or if you're not even in business but you're an employee. You know, if you're, mm-hmm. if you're a worker working for somebody else, doesn't matter what industry, what position, your reputation is the thing that's going to get you to succeed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you said a couple of things that that was one thing that really kind of stood out for me was the fact that, you know, that's the one thing that we do actually have control of. Mm-hmm. is our reputation. These are the things, it's our image, it's our brand. You know, one of the things, I've been teaching branding for years, but I teach it on a very simple scale of your brand is anything and everything you do, but when it comes to those those things that you normally think of branding, a lot of times think people think of branding as the colors and the font and your logo and that kind of stuff. I'm like, no. When it comes to branding, pick a font, pick a color, stick with it, and then do what you say you're going to do. Mm-hmm. That's branding. How you walk into a room and smile at somebody, that's branding. How you shake their hand, that's branding. How you say thank you when a waiter or waitress brings you your food at a business meeting, that's branding. And I and think that's, the, the that's reputation branding. is all in front of that. Exactly. You, know, you, yeah. you can't do anything that you just said without having your reputation in order in your own head. You mm-hmm. can't – you don't know – if you're walking into a room full of doctors or if you're walking into a room of people who make wooden products, you have to walk in the right way. And you need to, you need to, to mirror whoever you're, you're speaking to at that time. And, you know, I always say you can build your reputation and your, your brand will follow. You know, but I, 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 I was so frustrated dealing with business owners who were the problem in their company. They say, I need a new website. And I would say, why? Well, I don't know. I just need a new website. I said, let's, you know, it doesn't matter what kind of website I do for you. If it's not speaking to your client base, it's not going to make a difference. Right. Now, I, I totally agree with that. And I, I, I was shocked to talk to company owners who didn't know who bought their products. I said, I can't, I can't, first of all, create a website if I don't know who I'm selling to. And if, if, you know, if you can't get out of the way because you only want a website that you like and you're not your target market, I, a website's not going to do any good. And if your company is just that far over the edge, a website's not going to save it. So... I was a, a whole lot of fun to talk to as a website designer because, you know, we're a, a, a website developer. We're not just a designer. A designer mm-hmm. just does whatever you tell them to do, and a developer tells you what you need to do. So, um, But I was just shocked at the number of folks, at even job seekers, who would come in and want to talk about their career, and they didn't know what they wanted to do. I said, well, how – well, you're going to let me decide what you want to do, or are you going to make an employer decide what you want to do? No, you need to know what you want to do, just like an a, a owner needs to know who they're selling their products and services to. So it was right. shocking, and this started me off on this book. Right, that is awesome. And you know the funny thing is the correlation, just, just recently over the last few months, I've started to actually teaching. I took a contract job 
um, that I'm doing some, some teaching of social media for job seekers. And I took it because I love, I love teaching. It's my favorite thing in the world to do. And it's something that I do for that purpose of being able to help other people and get in front of a room because it's fun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, but it's so fun because the world has changed so much that what we're what we're actually teaching is essentially branding on a personal level, which I teach personal branding. And you, I, you know, from what we're talking about here, you do too. You're talking about the image isn't just a logo and a color. It's the your personality, how you get in front of people. It's your reputation. What are you known for? And then, of course, mm-hmm. who are you looking for? And you brought up a really good point right there. Is who is your target market essentially? Because as business owners, a lot of times we just think that you know anybody can be our target market. That's not really true. Mm-mm. It's we have to find who we resonate with. And from a from an employee standpoint, we can look at this from the flip side as well. If you're out looking for a job, you really want to walk into that position of here's the perfect job for me. What can I find that's at least close to it? And I use the analogy of the dartboard. And the dartboard is if I if I just happen to be playing darts and I'm I'm looking at my friend and I just throw the dart towards the dartboard but not look at it, I'm probably going to end up poking somebody's eyeball out mm-hmm. because I'm not paying attention. But if I look and I focus on the, the bullseye, and that's what I'm shooting for, I may not hit the bullseye, but I'm going to be a whole lot closer by knowing what I'm trying to aim at. And you're in control of where you're looking. Exactly. You know, I mean, <laughs> mm-hmm. if you're looking at your feet or you're looking at the bullseye, you're in control where you're looking. And if you're looking at your feet, you don't have a chance. So, you know, and I always try to explain that reputation is really who you are and and how you react in situations because that's the only thing you can control is how you react. You can't control people and you can't change people. You have to only understand how you're reacting to these situations and you're the one who controls your reaction. So if you're in a, a, a situation um, that you're not sure about, you would be better just to be quiet about it. But, you know, I always like to talk about Paula Dean and how her brand was this elderly, funny, uh, happy, grandmotherly type cook who uses too much butter. But then, you know, we find out that her reputation might be a little bit different than her brand. So um, I I always say, uh, you know, reputation always wins. We always come down to where your real reputation is. So why don't we start there instead of ending up there? by some Mm -hmm. other outside event. And sometimes I really believe people don't quite understand how their reputation works and that everything they say and everything that they do impacts everybody around them immediately. And if you drive your car through a red light, you impact people immediately. So stop doing that. And that's Mm -hmm. what I like to make that that point that people really understand what I'm talking people sometimes say oh you mean about reputation online management no that's not what I'm talking about you know that's just search engine optimization I'm talking about really understanding what your current reputation is and that was my first D I developed the three D's of reputation and the first one is to really discover what your current reputation is not the one you think it is not the one you hope it is, but actually 
you know, drawing that baseline of figuring out what your current reputation is. And right. that's pretty eye-opening for most folks. Okay. Well, let's go through the Ds. Let's go ahead and go through all three of them. That way people can kind of get an understanding of where we, where we go. Because I do always like to make this show very, you know, action-oriented. What can we do to actually go through and fix if there's a problem or figure out what, you know, what is the, the next action step we should be taking. So let's go ahead and go through the three Ds. Well, and the first thing is everybody needs to make improvements on themselves. So nobody's perfect. So um, I haven't met anybody who has a perfect 3D program yet. So, <laughs> so right. the first D is to discover what your current reputation is. And, and the easiest way to do that is to ask people who preferably don't work for you that will be honest with you. So usually any child under 12 will give you the truth about what your reputation is. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. um, the second D is define. You need to define what your reputation needs to be to be able to reach your goals. So if you want to you know, get a new job or you want to increase your sales, you're going to have to define how to do that with your target market. Or, for example, if you want to go into financial planning, if you have no financial credentials, you're probably going to have to go back to school and get some classes on that. So you need to define where you need it to be. And then the last one, which is a lifelong learning uh, D, I call develop, which actually is uh, created into, I put in, and this is what I did, I put it into three categories. So I have my first impression, I have my communications, which is the social media things, and then your network. Who are you surrounding yourself with? Are you surrounding yourself with people who can help you get to where you want to be? Or are you, you know, when I say to college students, are you hanging out with thugs? You know, who are you hanging out with? Because that's all part of what your reputation is and how right. you can change it. So. Well, that's really cool because, you know, think about that, the three, those three pieces right there, your first impressions, that is, that is probably one of the most critical pieces that people tend to forget. And, you know, for me, from personal experience, this is one of the reasons why I actually moved from Arizona to, to Portland when I did was because I'd been in that area for a very long time and it was just the constant negative woe is me attitude. And I got that from so many people while I was there. It's like, okay, I can't be around this anymore. I mean, we've got to put that positive mindset out there, that positive energy in a general aspect of when somebody walks up to you, I mean, this, is, this will make or break your, your entire reputation just on that first spot of somebody walking up to you and introducing themselves at a business event. Do you smile and say, hey, how's it going? Mm-hmm. I mean, just that one simple little thing instead of going, oh, hi. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I've had people do that before. And that instantly is like, uh, okay, well, that was, that was less than pleasant. I'm going to go on to somebody else now, you know. Yeah. And, and instantly it ruins that reputation. And, and first impression is also, I, I believe there's opportunity every day. My question uh -huh. is, is your, are you open to it? You know, I, I think there's opportunity every day in, in our daily life, and the question is, are your eyes open to that? Do you see it? When you go to a networking event, do you not take advantage and meet everybody that you don't know, or do you go to the folks you know and you hang out for a couple hours and then you're networking? No. Mm -hmm. No. No, that's called socializing. Yeah, that's called going out for a night on the town, right. So my, I always – 
recommend that you have a purpose and a goal. So my goal is I have to meet five new people, and I do this today. So don't think I'm uh, here telling my reputation is perfect. I work at this every day, just like everybody else. So my goal is to meet five new people that I've never met, and then my 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 uh, prize is I get to go home. So <laughs> the carrot is I get to go home after I meet five people. Right. And I have to stay there until I meet five people. So I'm actually motivated by my my goal is to go home. So <laughs> Right. Well and that's and that's cool. And you think about that. It's like we go we a lot of us do a lot of networking and I'm I love networking. Um, I'll do it I've done it in local events, I love to do it at seminars and conferences and things like that, but my goal of going to those isn't to sit in the seat, the seat and learn stuff, although that's part of it, but that's not where the power is. It's the, the connections you make and the people that you meet that's where the power of it is, and I go in and I'm like, okay, so here's my goal is I'm going to find three people that I might be able to create a professional business relationship with, and mm-hmm. the, the goal with that would be not just social people, but we're talking about potentially cross-promotions. Maybe they can use my services. Maybe I can use their services, whatever that be, but find those three people. And that's my goal. I walk into a room. That's what I'm after. Sometimes I don't hit that, but I'm going to keep trying until I do. And I may mm-hmm. get to the end of the night, and I may only find one, but at least I was there with that goal in mind, and that's okay. Absolutely, because uh, especially small business owners, and again, I was so frustrated with small business owners who were just not taking advantage of all the opportunities that are in front of them, and you you have to be in control and engaged in your, it's not, you know, my, well, it's the economy. Um, no, it's the competition. We're just, you know, it's the way, no, 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 it's really not. It's, it's you. It, 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 we need to start with you, and, and that's, where we get with this, you know, when I go into the second one, the communications, is that I really am troubled by business owners putting social media as a wall between them and their clients. And I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm really not digging this because um, communications, whether it be email or social media or websites or whatever communication tool you choose, some business owners put that up as a wall so they don't actually have to be in contact with their clients, which just makes me crazy. I mean, how can you not talk to your clients? And yet, they, you know, they have every excuse in the world. It's, you know, the economy. and No, 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 it's you. <laughs> you actually need to, to build a relationship with your client base and not a Twitter account. Although we need Twitter, again, in its place, and what you're sending out is a whole a whole other discussion. But I'm very troubled, and I'm very concerned that that the social media and all the, the networking tools is an excuse. It's just starting to be another excuse. Right. Well, and that's something too is that you know I look at it from I look at it from a standpoint like I use social media a lot different than a lot of people out there. I use I do post stuff out there of you know things that are going on, events that we're having, sharing posts, sharing blog posts, that kind of stuff. But I I actually spend a lot more time and the mass majority of my time using social media as a relationship and connection tool. So I will in the back end 
I'll find people that I want to connect with, reach out to them and say, hey, I would love to talk to you. Do you have some time next week that we can chat? Mm-hmm, absolutely, and that's, that's exactly how it's supposed to go. And I talk to, I talk to uh, business owners and they say, well, I was on Facebook for four hours today. I'm doing a lot of good work. I'm like, well, who did you connect with? Who, do you have any meetings set up? Well, no, I just was on Facebook for four hours. Well, yeah. well what did you do for four hours? <laughs> that, that's where I come back with the, well, Farmville doesn't count. Yeah, and that candy thing, I don't even know what that is, but um, I had I had one client, it was so funny. He looks at me so serious, and he says, somebody wants me to buy a cow. <laughs> he just totally, totally, didn't, totally did not know what. And I, I was really hard, but I did not laugh. And I said, that's just a game. And I would recommend you mm-hmm. probably not look into that at this point. Maybe later, but it's like, why are they talking right. about cows? <laughs> that's funny. And, that's, and it is true because I see so many people that get sucked into the games and the gossip and all that kind of stuff that's out there. And that is an aspect of social media that exists. It's not going away, so you might as well get used to it being there. But that doesn't mean you have to partake in it. Right, you know, you people, have to... people want to know that you are a real person and you can connect with them. I mean, I have, you know, just yesterday, as of the, the time of this recording, I posted a question up on Facebook because I was getting a, I was kind of in that, that stuck spot where I just was having a hard time writing an article that I needed to write. And I was like, you know what? What do you do? You know, what do you do when you just have that procrastination bug and you can't seem to quite kick it? And I posted that on Facebook just as a, you know, hey, we'll just see what happens. And I got flooded with comments. But see, that's real communication. Right. That's where I asked a question and people actually responded. And then I turned around and I responded back to them and we had a conversation with mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. That is the difference between what a lot of people are using in social media as a blast tool. They think of it as just another way to, you know, spread the word as opposed to building relationships. And the thing they forget about is social media starts with social. Right, and it I, it just makes me crazy when I see folks who <clears throat> it's actually tagged, you know, posted through Hootsuite, and they, like, for example, this one doctor posts these little tidbits, and then somebody will ask a question, and she's not watching her Facebook page. Mm-hmm. So she never answers somebody with a real legitimate question. I I said, you have to stop doing that. (laughs) You look like you don't care. So why would they care what you post? This is a give and take. This is not just, you know, like you said, flood the the market with all your your phenomenal wisdom, you know, but if you're not going to answer, don't post. And it just, it's like, do you not know this is, viewable for people to see, right? You know people see what you post, right? I'm like, my goodness, I just don't understand Some sometimes. Mm-hmm. And again, out of pure frustration to make people keep thinking, what is this going to do to my reputation? Is this going to hurt my reputation? Is it going to help? And if you don't know or if you, you can't quite, don't do it. Right. <laughs> Stop. Call me. I'll, I'll let you know, right? 
Right. But, no, definitely. And I and I totally get that. And it's a frustration that I've had for, for years as well. And it's it's something that these are these are the kind of things that's why we have the show is to talk to people and say, Okay, here's the things you need to keep in mind. Here's what you need to know. And it, again, this isn't complicated stuff. We're not talking about the latest, greatest how to make your millions on Facebook. It's about how you have a relationship with somebody and build that reputation of being the go-to person that people can trust. That's that's all it is. Exactly. And then, you know, the third part is the network. And, you know, who do you, who, that, that's the other thing. People don't know who they have in their network, and they don't know who they need in their network, and then they don't know how to use their network, which makes me crazy. And women are a little bit more guilty of this because they have a hard time asking for help. I don't know what it is. Um, I've been a female my whole life, and I haven't figured it out. If I if if I need insight or help, I ask people. I, you know, I have made it a mission to surround myself with at least five people in critical areas that I'm not an expert in that are smarter than I am, so that whenever I need, I call my Fab Five. So I actually contacted these folks and said, look, I need you in my network, and I need you as an expert, and when I need something, I need to be able to ask you. And they said, absolutely. I said, but if you need something, you may ask me. This is a give and take. So I've I've surround my, and this is in the book, How to Build Your Network. I call it my estate because it's much more than a network, but I make up my own words. You'll get used to that. But... um, how to create your estate by starting by basically making a list of who who is in your network and where are they. So you have these different levels of folks in your network, and you need to find out where you want to go to um, you know to reach your goal and who do you need to get there. Mm-hmm. So and you know LinkedIn is a great tool to find people in a specific company or industry. And, you know, we need to then have this written down so that you can refer back to it say, hey, who do I know in marketing? Oh, that's that PAM person. Or who do I know in, in, in um, who, who does taxes? And you have your network all laid out on a sheet that you can actually update and maintain this. And I, I think that is probably one of the most important things that I've done. And this is how I've done it, again, uh, in order to keep – my network straight and to see who I need in it or to see where the weak areas are because we don't all get along with everybody. That's a given. But in order to be successful in business, you you need to decide um, what's more important. So I, I, think, I think building your network and being aware of it in, and engaged in it was probably one of the biggest things in the book that I had trouble doing uh, myself. That one I really, really, really. And the other one was learning when to shut up. It was a big one for me. <laughs> when do I just be quiet? <laughs> right. Well, and it's, you know, it's so funny because that is, I, I suffer from that one as well, as a matter of fact. Um, I tend to, to just go nuts, especially when we talk about marketing-related stuff because I'm very passionate about it. I have so much fun with it. It's my favorite thing to talk about in the world. And I, and I get you know, I start running off and going crazy and coming up with all these, these wonderful ideas and all that kind of stuff. 
Um, but I think that you you put something really really powerful. It's a very simple exercise that you can do. So you can figure out what are the five people that you need most in your business. List out what roles those five people will will play. So start with that. And this is an exercise. Everybody listening to this, you should be doing this right now. Just mm-hmm. list out what are the five roles that you need to help you succeed in business. It, it could be your accountant could be one of them. Yeah, you know, a business advisor, yeah, a business <laughs> advisor, a coach, a mentor, something like that could be one of those. And be as specific as you can and then figure out, okay, who do I know that fits that role? And, and write out their name. Get out a piece of paper and do this exercise right now because this can be really powerful for you because number one is now you know – who are the people that I can count on that I can help that can help me in my business? And of course, I can help them as well. But the other thing is, who do I need to know? And that's one thing that we, we tend to get overwhelmed with that. Well, I don't know anybody who can do that, so I guess I'm just going to have to skip that part. Well, no. That now, now means that you have a purpose in your networking, in your connecting. Your goal is to find somebody to fill that role. And that, this was, you know, after you go through the discover what your current reputation is, pretty much you have thicker skin. And so the Mm -hmm. the part of of admitting that you're not fabulous at every part of being a business owner, you're probably an expert in your field. But, you know, being a business owner is a little bit different kind of, of skills you have to pull from. And I haven't met anybody ever with all of them. So we all need to be uh, aware of our weaknesses and be able to fill that with folks that we can trust in our network. Right. No, and I love that because it is so true. We need to to be able to realize that you know we can't do it all ourselves, and that's one thing as entrepreneurs, as small business owners. Mm-hmm. Um, the the other famous term is solopreneur, which I tend to use quite often because so many. Entrepreneurs are solopreneurs. They're doing everything themselves. And I've been there before. Even now, I probably should be bringing in more people to help with what we do because I'm trying to do more than I should. Mm-hmm. And we do that. That's part of our nature. But we don't have to be. And we have to remember that we're not capable of doing everything by ourselves. We need help. That is the way life works. And by building this list, that's going to help you quite a bit. And the great thing is that by by knowing what your reputation is and defining what's there already, you know, going through the first step, that discover phase, you can actually figure out. You may find things about yourself that you weren't aware of that you can use that to help other people. I guarantee you. And it makes it a a perfectly (laughs) legit give and take relationship. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I know I did. And I found one thing that I went through an exercise about uh, kind of like that years ago. I went through in my mastermind group, and I actually did a simple exercise. It was just, okay, everybody in the room, when you think of me, what words come to mind? And I did nothing to – all I did was I got out a piece of paper, and I started writing down what they said. I did not rebuttal. I did not argue. Yeah. I did not even thank them at the time. I waited to the very end, and then I thanked everybody for their time. But I just sat there and listened and took notes. Oh. And I found some of the most amazing things from that one exercise. And for one of mm-hmm. them was a, a phrase that I've used ever since then, is that I simplify the, the complex. Because that's what I'm known for when it comes to marketing is taking all the complicated stuff that everybody gets overwhelmed and frustrated with and simplifying it down to easy, bite-sized chunks that anybody can do. 
And that's, I, I mean, I knew that's what I did, but I didn't realize it in that term before. And I had three different people out of that group that all said the same thing in variations. And I was like, okay, that really defines me. That's what I do. And when, when I talk to business owners, I tell them, you know, I'm a marketing person, but I guarantee you if we start interviewing or, or you start allowing me to interview your clients and you allow me to interview your employees without the threat of you knowing whom I'm interviewing, you will mm-hmm. find out the most amazing things about your product, your service, and yourself that no marketing, I'm sorry, no marketing firm will probably ever come up with unless they talk to your clients because these right. are the real consumers of your products and services. And again, these are the closest folks that you have and yet business owners don't utilize that relationship in that way. And people love to help you out. They just mm-hmm. can't wait to help you yeah. out. And yet, Well, and the, the cool thing about that too is that you, you have that opportunity to find the pluses and the minuses. You can find those things that, you know, if there's a word or a phrase that pops up in those kind of questions, those kind of interviews, mm-hmm. that is something you don't like and you don't want to be known for, then that gives you an opportunity to fix it. But well, a lot of times we don't know it because we're too close. That's usually what happens is when we first discover folks' reputation, we can't, we, we, they, they're stunned by the words that are coming out. And I was stunned when I got my list of words to describe me because, first of all, it's not what I wanted to do. And it's not how I want it to be. So I need to then, I, I had to then go back and figure out why because I didn't, you know, attack the people. <laughs> what do you mean? No, I, I took it, you know, to heart and thought, why are these people thinking I'm nervy? Why do they think I'm um, pessimistic? Why do they think I'm egotistical? I mean, these are some of the words, and I was shocked mm-hmm. at that. But I would have never known it if I didn't ask, and if I didn't care, I would have never fixed it. And then, right. like I said, I had to write in a book because it was so cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then, it, and then it's cool, too, because now, you know, when you go through that, like for you, you were now aware of it, so you could, you could work on fixing those things that you didn't like. And, and you, we all have to keep in mind, and, and this is kind of a, a little word of warning to everybody who's listening here, is that you're going you're gonna to get a few things that you probably don't like, and mm-hmm. you may disagree with them. But you have to remember that's not their fault. That's your fault, and it's your opportunity to also fix that. And this and is where so I said you are, you are in control. This is where mm-hmm. you can be in control, and you can either fix it or ignore it and continue the struggle, or you can make those changes you need to make to be successful. And that's why I called right. it. That's why I called the book Reposition. Because my editor and I went around and around and around about that word. And I said, everybody has a position. It may need to be repositioned because they just wanted me to call. They just wanted me to use the word precision. And I said, no, we all have a position. We need to reposition. That means we need to make changes, which, mm-hmm. you know, if you continue to do the same thing and expect different results, that's insanity, right? Mm-hmm. So we need to make some you know, changes, and the nice thing is we can make small changes and watch for results, and I do this with the marketing. We can make small changes in your marketing, and we can see results, and then we can we can make more small changes. So 
when we go into the reputation marketing for businesses, it's small, low-cost, low-risk changes that we can make to your marketing instead of going for the $4 million Super Bowl commercial. You know, let's right. start with why don't we create a survey for your, for, your, for your current consumers of your product? Why don't we start there? It's very low cost, very, very low risk, and you won't have to put $4 million in it. Right? Right. So let's maybe start there. But. I love that. And it is, it is so true that you can start with simple little baby steps. We're not talking about investing a lot of time um, or investing a lot of money. We're talking about just taking little pieces, bits, you know, one piece at a time, saying, okay, what can I do to correct this or how can I change this? And if you go through the exercise, you find that you don't, there are certain things that you're not liking, and here are things that you would prefer to be known by. Well, okay, what are the steps that I can take to make that change and start developing that? And remember, it's not going to happen overnight. It didn't yeah. take, it wasn't overnight that that reputation was built to begin with. It's not going to change overnight either. It's going to take some time. Exactly. And I take business owners basically through the same three Ds as we talked about, but it's just for the business, mm-hmm. and you know, uh, I actually for the new book I added a fourth D, so I'm not ready to announce it yet. But we, I have that I've added a fourth D for the business book, which is be out. Hopefully this right. year. Very cool. Now, what is the name of that book? The new book is going to be called The Art of Running Red Lights, because okay. as a business owner, I sometimes feel I do that. And um, it's called uh, Businesses Built on Reputation. So um, I'm going to have allow experts in areas that I am not an expert in. I'm going to allow them, their, the, like CPAs and things, you don't want me to talk about money, but uh, allow CPAs to submit articles for the book to give help and advice to small business owners as well. So. That was a new a new thing that, you know, I want to bring in marketing people. I want to bring in um, uh, financial folks and legal uh, attorneys to just give advice to small business owners as, a, as the core need of, for business owners. So I'm very excited about that. Very good um, um, response from experts who are willing to submit their stuff for me to put in this book. So it's going to be very, very cool. Very cool. I cannot wait to see it. Um, definitely let me know when it comes out, and we'll we'll help promote it out for you. Great, great. But yeah, the reputation factor is available. But uh, I'm very excited about the new book. So awesome. So everybody listening, you can get the reputation factor as of right now. It's on Amazon. Um, we'll be sure to put a link underneath the the show notes on this as well. So you can just go to drivingyourmarketing.com, and you'll be able to do a search on. Pamela's name and find it from there, and then you'll be able to find the link. It'll be right there, quick and easy for you. Um, so we are we are getting close to time here. So let's go ahead and kind of start wrapping things up. Number one question I always like to ask everybody as we're wrapping wrapping up the show: is What is the one thing that you would recommend everybody listening get out there and take action on right now? Um, my my well, first of all, I can't believe it's almost over. But anyway, uh, you have to be aware it starts with you. It's not about you, but it starts with you. So you need to take steps to understand what your reputation is, how can you fix it, and take steps to do better. Because if, if you're not reaching your goal, if there's something that you're not understanding uh, of why, it's 
it's probably your reputation and how you position yourself in whatever world you're in right now. So if you're a business owner, it might be a business process, or it might be um, if you're a job seeker, it, it's not all about your resume. It's about your network as well. So what do people think about you? So I, I really think you need to engage with finding out what your current reputation is and, and moving on from there. That's your best, best and you know, bestest way to move forward. Awesome. I love it. And it's such a simple thing. I'm going to tell you, there's going to be people that are going to say, oh, well, that's too easy. That's not, that's, there's got to be more to it. No. Oh, no, really yeah. Easy. I have, I have a great reputation or, or I don't care what people think about me. Yeah. You don't know what you do. You really, really yeah. do. And it is so simple. And yet people just don't see it. I, I was so frustrated. I wrote, I wrote a book. <laughs> I'm telling you, <laughs> this is the easiest thing you can do. But you, it's like we know we need to lose weight, but yet we don't stick to our diet, or we know we need to exercise and we don't do it. You know, you know, we know we should take care of ourselves, and we know we shouldn't r- run red lights, and we all think we're absolutely fabulous drivers, but yet, you know, <laughs> you have to really start with you. You just have to right. start with you. Awesome. Love it. So how can people get a hold of you? Because I know a few people are going to want to want to find out more about you, follow what you've got going on, and, and of course, get announcements when the when their new book is ready to come. Well, there's a couple. Of, I'm on LinkedIn. And um, the other thing, I do have a the reputationfactor.com website. And if you do uh, register, which is free, you can you will have access to all the charts and questionnaires that are in the book. So if you if you buy the book and you're reading through it, and there's a lot of homework, don't I don't let anybody off the hook. The hook. Uh, if you register on the reputationfactor.com, you can get the PDFs of all the the questions and charts and forms in the book. So you can print them off for free, and you can write on those instead of of actually writing in the book. And I call it a success folder, so you have to keep a folder and track and you need to monitor. And Oh, yeah, this is not, this is not for the light of heart. You know, people, I make you work. Awesome. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. No one's going to do it for you. So I give you the tools that um, I, I hope make it easier on folks to commit to continue to be aware of your reputation. Very cool. This has been some awesome stuff. Everybody listening, get out there, go buy the book, go register your book so you get the downloads, and go do this stuff because it's not complicated stuff, but it, it's all these little things that make a huge impact in how we market our businesses. And everything that, that we talked about today with Pamela and I, it, this is so, so true. This is stuff that I preach every single day. The foundations, the things that are the most important pieces because it doesn't matter how great your marketing plan is or how big your marketing budget is, if you don't have that reputation and you don't have the foundation pieces in place, it's all for naught. You You will fail if you don't have these kind of things in place first. And they're not hard. That's the great thing about it. This isn't hard stuff. This is the easy stuff. This is the inexpensive stuff. Start with this and build everything else around it. And I just try to make people accountable and aware that you have to think of this stuff every day. Right, definitely. Well, Pamela, thank you so much for joining me today. It was a lot of fun. I, I know that the you know this last 45 minutes or so went by very, very fast, which is always a good sign. That means that we're having fun while we're doing this. And I always like to put this out there. If there's anything that I can do to help support you, reach out and let me know anytime. Okay, great. Thank you for having me on. What, what fun.
Uh, thank you so much. And for everybody listening, thank you. We appreciate it. Do me a favor. I'm going to ask one one big favor of you. Go to iTunes and leave a review on about this episode. What did you think? What did you get out of it? Because we love hearing that kind of feedback. And one of the best things about this is that the more reviews that we get, the more likely it's going to rank our show up on iTunes to where more people can actually hear us and get to us. And we can share the messages, the great guests like Pamela we had today, and get in front of more people. And that's what this is all about, because that's why I love doing this, is helping, giving back, and being part of the business community to help you as the business owner get over your fear of marketing and take all those little easy steps that make the big difference. So with that, we're going to wrap things up. Get out there, have an amazing Rockstar Week, and we will see you on the next episode. Take care. Hey there, this is Eli again, and i got a question for you. Do you have a roadmap for marketing your business? If you're consistently looking for new marketing ideas just to keep your business going, then you need to check out smallbusinessmarketingroadmap.com and download the free special report that I created to help you create a marketing plan that will thrive in any economy. Again, that's smallbusinessmarketingroadmap.com. Go get it, read it, and start the road trip of your lifetime. See you on the other side.